Talking Circle Studio. First and only time that I decided to try E, um, I was in my apartment with three friends and we had these little pills with a little S on them. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, we'll do this. We had some candles lit and it was afternoon and we're all sitting down and I was like, I'm not feeling anything. You guys feeling anything? And everybody's like, no, I don't feel anything either. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go get some weed so we can feel something, right? (laughs) And I stand up and all of a sudden I'm floating on the ceiling. (laughs) And then I look and my friend is on the ground, like picking through my carpet. And then I was just like, why am I up here? How did I get up here? And then the next thing I know, somebody calls Henry, like, I think Lorraine is like, think she's flying because she's like on the ground, you know, (laughs) Superman style through the apartment. And and so he came over and and had to get me into bed to like sleep it off. But I'm like, after that, I was like, I'm never doing E again. I don't know what kind of E you're doing. That sounds uh, Yeah. And I was going to say that totally would have would have brought me in. 100%. 100%. Well, the, 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 I guess mine had the Superman one, and somebody, everybody else has had different ones, and there were different effects for everybody. And I was Whoa. just like, I think I'm going to stick to weed and alcohol. Never, yeah. ever again. But yeah, that was, that was a thing for me. All right, more craziness to come. My name is Diva. Diva, keep that? coming back. It works if you work it. <laughs> oh my god! Woo! Calm down. Calm okay, thyself. I know. I'm a little. I'm a little excited today. Super it's, excited. I know. We've been trying to get this person on the show forever. We got her to be the guest host a couple, a couple times. times. Yeah. yeah, handcuffed her, took her here today. Mm-hmm. I heard. I heard sirens. I thought, oh shit, she's gonna fake her own death <laughs> <I know>. now, <laughs> not to come in. <laughs> she's gonna blame the rain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what, what's going on with you? How you been this week? Or actually, two weeks now. That's where there's all this en- I know, enthusiasm is coming so from. I know. so sorry. You I know. know. We, uh, Just, it's hard. It's hard to get people to come it out. It's hard to get our schedules to work. But well, uh, well, we are glad you are here listening to us, and we are, we guarantee you another wonderful episode. Yeah, at the terminal. Yeah. We actually had we actually had a, a a high number, a record high number of of listens uh from our last episode that's awesome yeah in one week's time yeah i so. just keep spreading the word i know so just keep spreading it yeah yeah spread I mean, it around girl <laughs> spread it around like it used to be covid <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um let's see what's going on with me you know uh the h&i chili cook-off is going to happen in may 6 if you guys want information on that hit me up it will be at 10 a.m to 2 p.m at arcadia park yeah. Um, it's going to be awesome. Lots of chili, lots of uh, lots activities. Of gas. So please come. <laughs> lots of farting that's going to be happening afterwards. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what have you been uh, up to? No, you know what? Same old, same old with me. I, uh, you know, I had that funeral last week, which was really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, 
I'm trying to keep connected with uh, with the people that I, I was connected with uh, through him, and so it's it's been you know like it's it's really interesting because I think this is the first time like I've gone through grief and like had this kind of uh, recovery going yeah. because I'm yeah. really like able to like process through some of it, which is really cool. That's good. That's I mean, it's good. hard, painful, but it's yeah. actually cool. I'm not numb to it because like in the past I would have been numb and I would have been like questioning so, yourself. Like, yeah. I'm like, am I a psychopath? Why yeah. am I not like I feeling still do this? that? I still do that. Yeah, well, I yeah, but you are. Though. That's yeah, the difference. Okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's fine. That's yeah. Terminally wow. unique. Pro, what we got? We got, we got Tri-State coming up. We got Saboba coming up. Yes, we do. Saboba's coming up in... In April. Yeah, that's right. April, mid, third mid-April. Week, third week. Third week, yeah. April. And then so. we got May 18th through the 21st for, mm-hmm. for yeah. Tri-State. If so. you guys are going to Saboba or Tri-State, please hit us up. We will also be there recording if anybody wants their own episode yeah. or want to be interviewed over there. Yeah. Wants I to share was, their story. Some people from Arizona reached out to me a little while back about uh, about being on the show, but I told them that we don't do phone interviews. So. Okay. Well, we will be going to Arizona. Yeah. So, so maybe we they can meet us again. up. Yeah. Come on, you guys. Awesome. That's great. We're one of the celebrity guests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the right, show. Come on, so why don't you do something for uh, God's sakes? Do something with your life. Okay, I'm so excited to introduce you guys. One of my very, very bestest best friends here. Yeah. I love her to death. She is family. She is of service. She has such great solid recovery. And Dude, it, you go to any meeting in Southern California, there's a good chance you're going to see her. Yes, there. yes, you know? for sure, you. for sure. She's involved. She is helpful. She is sponsoring a lot of women too, and they are sponsoring themselves. And so the trickle, uh, the ripple effect goes on and that's the program of this aa and so to introduce our guest for today i want to introduce my one of my best friends lorraine welcome lorraine thank you finally we got you over here i so earlier i went up to amanda and i'm like amanda do me a favor and she's like what's up i'm like can you bring your house down when you get home (laughs) (laughs) she told me she's like why i'm like so that i don't have to be at the podcast (laughs) nope you're stuck you are here you know the drill. This is going to be super easy for you because you've been on this seat. I know right. it just makes me so nervous. And I, you know, I've, I've, when I came to help co-host once, I was like, I'm like, I don't even have to say anything. But I was just so nervous the entire time as soon as I pulled up. And I've just been avoiding being on the podcast. Just fear. It's fear. I know it is. A, I'm glad know, that you got over that fear and you're here today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember you talking in the past. You're like, oh, my story's boring. But yeah, you know is. what? Like, it's funny when you um, when you just look at your story for what it is. And it's a story of recovery. Yeah. You know, it, like you're touching people left and right, you know. Yeah. And you're, since and I've said that. not in a that, sexually way, you know. <laughs> you're always. <laughs> I know it's weird it, the way it, I said it. And our know. mind always goes there. I but know. since then, I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, you, it's your story, though. Only you can tell it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to live in that part of it where I don't start. Because I used to start with my leads with. You know, my story's really boring, but, and then I'd start, right. and I've uh, leaned off of doing that as much yeah. as I can, Good. because, you know, I heard somebody share my story, and I was like, that's not boring, that got me captivated, because it's my story that yeah. I'm listening Exactly. So I'm sure, you know, somebody somewhere will hear it and, and think the same thing, so. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So. How do we start these tell things us, again? Tell us. A little bit about myself. Uh, tell oh. us your details. Your Stop already. interviewing yourself. <laughs> so my drug of choice is alcohol for sure. Yeah. Yes. Like I've tried other stuff, but that was like the love of my life. Right. And um, 
sobriety day, April 7, 2021. All it right. is my first sobriety day, although I have been in the rooms before, you know, kind of like checking you guys out and see what, what, yeah. see what it window was Window shopping. She right. was yeah. window shopping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't want to mm-hmm. put anything on layaway and go. Well, you're, you're, you're creeping up on that two-year mark, huh? Yeah. yeah. 19 days. Wow. Oh, my God. Go to sleep. I'm <laughs> counting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. But, it, yeah. So, I, you know, I am sponsoring, like Diva said, I have five women right now. Um, one of my sponsees is already sponsoring. I have a couple of home groups, uh, the 7 a.m. being the main one, mm-hmm. and then the park meeting. Oh, yeah. And then um, most of the meetings that I go to, I make them a regular thing. So they're my home groups. Um, I've actually been thinking about switching some of them up, you know, come next month when I get my two years just to Ooh. try something else out Wow! and committing to those maybe for like another year or two. I'm going to drag her to CA. <laughs> and and I've been thinking about that too. The, and the CA. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't have to deal with any at home. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm in service. I'm um, of, uh, you know, service to anybody and mm-hmm. anything. And, and I love it. It, it helps me a lot in my recovery, especially when I'm going through my own stupid bullshit in my head. I'm mm-hmm. like over yeah. here crying about, oh my God, they're taking this money out of my my check every month for the money I owe them motherfuckers. Like, you want your money? What the fuck? <laughs> from tax. Yeah. From tax. From tax. Oh, yeah, tax, tax IRS. Money. IRS. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Uncle Sam sucks, bro. Yeah, they do. I know. Um, but then, you know, then I, you know, think of, I hear those, I say those problems out loud and, and to somebody who has real fucking problems mm-hmm. and i'm like what the fuck is your problem i know yeah. you, uh, you're like talking to someone who doesn't even have a job or exactly. a car or a house and they're like <laughs> so being in program really helps me with my own perspective yeah, yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. let's go let's really back a little bit and let's get to know the, Where are the childhood you from? Where were you born? i was born in pasadena oh okay i was born in pasadena but i grew up in altadena Oh. And um, and everybody thinks it's such a nice place, Altadena, right? Nice houses and shit like that. Depends what part. Whatever ends with Inas, huh? No. Pasadena? Altadena's? Any uh, Inas? Well, Pasadena is not, has a bad part to it. But yeah, but, yeah like Altadena, there, there's a real rough, or at least there used to be. I don't know nowadays. But. I don't know. The streets, it looks a little better, but it's not any better. I grew up like on the only street in Altadena that had apartments. I swear to God. Like, really? Drive, wow. Yeah. Pine Street. Um. The whole right side was apartments, a couple of houses towards the end of the street, and it was just like, and I grew up on the Altadena blocks. How was it growing up? It was, it was okay. I don't know. I how many brothers and sisters do you have? Now let's go with that first. I'm, I'm the oldest of four, mm-hmm. and I started thinking about that question because I knew you were gonna ask it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really the oldest of six because my dad what? has two sons that I don't have any contact with okay and i'll get into that a little bit later but really four i guess okay mm-hmm. uh, i have one real sister i don't know if that's the way to say it I say mom that and dad one, that's me too dead, me too uh, but we don't me really too. know if she's my full sister we did ancestry to find out because we think my mom was like sleeping with my dad's brother did it turn oh out to be yeah uh, it doesn't say it says we're close <laughs> i don't know i have i know i know the, uh, the feeling because i have one for sure real sister same dad same mom Hands down. That's all I know. But, yeah. but your but your sister, you don't, you're not even sure if really if you had the same dad and same mom. It could be it's either my dad or my uncle that's her dad. We don't know yet. We're gonna figure <laughs> okay, it out. Okay. And, and then I have a a, a half brother and then another half brother from two different dads. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you close with all of them? I'm close with all three of them. Yes. Um, my sister the most because we're closer in age. She's two years younger. Oh, okay. My son. My son. My brother just turned thirty one. Okay. And I have a twenty two year old brother. Mm. Baby brother. Yeah. My son's twenty. So. I oh, know. Yeah. Jeez. 
And uh, yeah, I was the oldest. I only grew up with my sister and my little brother. That's the oldest one for a couple of years because um, I left the house after a while. But so I grew up with my mom and my dad for five years. Mm-hmm. And the only memories I have of my dad are, I think one time he picked me up from kindergarten, maybe. I think I remember that. Mostly I remember uh, being at home in the apartment with my little sister. I was probably like five. She was three mm-hmm. and we were watching mash waiting for my mom to come home because she'd go pull him out of where whoever's house he was at mm. and right. bring him home um because he was always with like other women mm-hmm. mm. and i just remember being uh always by myself and having to like Take provide care. for my little sister so she would be yeah. wouldn't be scared mm-hmm. and um and that happened for a little while i remember that and i think i remember an incident being on the freeway in pasadena and my dad trying to throw my mom out of the car on the freeway i remember wow. that vividly wow. but it was a bad relationship between my mom and my dad and uh he so, left so, so you saw a lot of violence yeah between them yeah and he left uh when i was about six um but very quickly my mom found somebody else to replace him and uh, this guy was disabled, so he was always home. He and, couldn't leave. No, yeah. he. My, and my mom worked two jobs. Like, I never give her enough credit in the rooms because I came in like, oh, my Resentful. mom this, my yeah. mom that. But she worked two jobs to support all of us right. and so that he could stay home. And, and uh, you know, we might have not had milk for the cereal, but we had some sort of cereal. Uh-huh. And, you know, we might have not always had food in the house, but somehow we made it to school and ate there. And, and you know, we made do with what we had. And my mom wasn't a young mother, but she was. I think she was 19 when she had me, or 20. And That's my, pretty young. My dad yeah. is a year younger. Oh. oh, wow. So they were kids. <clears throat> and to just have, like, two babies like that back to yeah. back must have been difficult. Yeah. You know, it's not the, the stuff that I mm. ever really share about, but it's, you know, got mm. me thinking since I've been in recovery. Was there is there much addiction or, or drinking no, or using around you? No, my mom and my dad don't drink. They never did That's any drugs. Weird. Nothing like that. However, when my stepdad moved in, he was a full-blown alcoholic from the go. The disabled yeah. one? Yeah, he oh. uh alcoholic from the go. Like Was he like, significantly older than your mom? He is. Okay. He is. And um he always had alcohol, not alcohol, beer in the house. He mm-hmm. was always drinking. We were the only apartment on the block that had no windows cuz we had cardboard or whatever we could mm-hmm. cuz he'd get angry and drunk and punch out the wow. windows. He was It was something else living there. And um you know after him moving in, shortly after him moving in, uh, there was abuse in the house uh, with me. And, um, you know, I didn't know any better. And yeah. it was what it was. And I remember... How old were you? It's about six, seven. Wow. And um, I remember not really knowing anything was bad yeah. until I went to that sex ed class they have in the fifth grade. Yeah. Right. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And and I remember thinking like, whoa, like this isn't right. Something's wrong. Like I need to tell, because they say tell yeah. an adult, tell your parents. And, right. And I remember getting home that day, maybe not that day, but a day. And um, my mom was in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, you know, this and this is going on. And and she she looked at me and she's like, you just don't want me to be happy with the man. And I was wow. like, that's not it. Like, I just, it's, it's not right. Like, they said, tell an adult. And um, she's like, you're lying. And you walk around here in your little shorts. And I'm like, I'm oh home. My like, God. you know. And that's how that went. And um, and it was brushed off. And we lived in a small apartment. Her and uh, my stepdad slept in the living room on a pull-out bed in the couch. And me and my sister had bunk beds right. with my little brother. At that time, my little brother came. 
and we slept in the room, but it was like a small, small space, like yeah, maybe like the size of this garage in total, like the bedroom and the living room. You mean area. our studio, the right? Studio. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I remember hearing her uh, approach him about it that night, and um, it was blown off. You know, Hispanic families, my Hispanic family. I don't want to generalize everybody, but <clears throat> it's just like you brush it under the carpet and you mm-hmm. move on with yeah. life. Yeah. Did he? Did he deny it? No. No. no, he no. didn't even deny it. No, no, no. It wasn't even a denial thing. It was just a, that's what it is, what it is. And, and, you know, we yeah. don't tell anybody and we keep on moving on. Yeah. Or he, or he minimized it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess that was, I couldn't do anything about it. I'm a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and it went on. I turned 11 and then. How'd that make you feel? Well, I mean, you know, I didn't feel like I had a voice at that moment, but I never had a voice in the house ever Mm -hmm. to begin with so it wasn't like i felt like i lost anything so you weren't like angry or hurt or not at that point i don't think so i think Mm -hmm. that comes a lot later maybe just like eight or nine years ago okay yeah and um so at 12 um we were living in altadena (laughs) and um he said we were going to be moving into azusa Mm -hmm. because he had bought a house with his parents and the whole style for this was uh it has a back house and you and your sister are going to live back there so that you'll be safe, I guess. Was right. That's the, what your mom said? Yeah. Okay. So you guys and will be separated from the house and you guys are just going to sleep back there. And he has no reason to go back there. And I'm like, all right, cool. So, but in the meantime, in between when she told him and you guys moving, was did it, it was continue? Still, yeah, it was. It was two two years more, two more years of that. Jesus. Okay. And um, so we moved to Azusa, and and it was okay for like a month, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but then it wasn't, and I was just done. I, I was twelve. I was dating a boy. Um, there was a boy that I met that lived in the apartments where I lived, and mm-hmm. um, when I moved, you know, he'd come visit me, and it was kind of like the only love and affection that I had from another human being up until that point. Right. Yeah. You know, other than my siblings, um, you know, validation that I was a human and that I mattered and what I said had I'm- some kind of importance. And like the stuff with your mom, like how does how does that pan out? Like, so you tell her, and then a couple more years go on, and and in the meantime, is, is I mean, is she treating you differently? Are you like competition at that point? Like, why? I just want to I just want to wrap my I, head around I, what how it I, went. Me too. I'm I you know I did a lot of therapy for that, and I just I don't know. It was it and it, it, nothing really changed. It, nothing was different. Everything was still like, the same. Yeah. I I made sure that. You know, for sure that I try to safeguard my sister because mm-hmm. right. I was mostly worried about her because she was two years younger than me. Yeah. And, um, you know, whenever I could, like, I'd send her outside, you know, to play. Right. And uh, to me, I was, like, protecting her. Yeah. You know, only later to find out at, when we were in our 30s that she went through the same shit. She just didn't say anything about it. Wow. Yeah. And and that broke my heart because we were talking about it and, and she was like, you know, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to, I don't want to leave like you had to leave. Yeah. So she, she stayed longer. She's, yeah. So, so at 12, um, I was walking home from school one day in Azusa and I was just done. I had been talking to this guy and, and he's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, I'm just going to go to the police and tell him. And I walked to the police station that day after school and and I just walked in there and I fucking told them. I was just like, hey, this is going on in my house. Like, wow. I don't want to go back home. And so they had uh, they had me tell the story like on camera, like a VHS mm-hmm, camera back yeah. then, on tape. Then they brought in the social worker and I told her. 
And then they took me, they were like, well, we're going to take you home and uh, talk to your mom. What the and hell? What, what if your mom says you're a liar? And I'm like, well, if my mom says a liar, then we'll go to my aunt's house down the street. Because the whole family knows, like everybody fucking knows. And um, I went home with the police and uh, my mom was just like, take her out on water, but she can't take any of her shit. And I didn't have like a whole bunch of shit. I had clothes. Yeah. So I left with the backpack on my back for my with my school books and the outfit I was wearing. And that was it. That night I went into foster care. And that's where I stayed until I was 18. Yeah, that's a wow. long time. And in that time from... For six years. Yeah, from that time until I turned 18, I didn't see any of my family at all. Right. Um, I went into foster care, so this boy followed me, and you know your neighbor, the the one that was in the apartment. Well, what about what life. about your aunts and all them? They, 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 I have they, a big family, so there was a point where my aunt, one of my aunts, tried to take custody of me, and um, for a brief moment in my foster care time, uh, after I went to court, uh, she did what she needed to do to have me go live with her, and I lived there for about two months, um. And my mom was like so against it because she's like she's only doing it for the money, and she did. I I don't know how that works. Like if you go with the family member, like does the mom still have to pay? I'm not sure. Yeah. But it didn't work out, and I went back into foster care, and that was it. Um, but did, I did, did live with my aunt for a little bit. Did he go to jail? No. So you go to court two days after uh, when you get pulled out of foster into foster care. And we went to children's court over there in uh, L.A. Yeah. And um, she divorced me. She gave up full parental rights to the state of California. Mm-hmm. And she stood by his side in court and uh, said I was a liar. <laughs> and um, they were sentenced to a year of parenting classes and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and they did them. And she got to keep my sister and my brother because they had uh, talked to them. And, and they denied everything that, that anything had happened to them. So they got to stay at home. And, um, yeah. No criminal charges. No huh? criminal charges at all. Wow. Crazy, huh? Yeah, this she is... still stayed with him for another, like, eight years. That's wow. so ridiculous. Uh-huh. Okay. So, like, you went through foster care. So I went through foster care. And so since I was in foster care and I only had one connection, uh, my boyfriend uh-huh. at the time, uh, I was allowed to go to his house. And he was four years older than me. Okay. Uh, I was allowed to go spend... Thanksgiving and Christmas breaks with his family. Did you and like that? How were they? I did. It was it, the the family was great. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, the relationship was everything I thought I wanted and I needed. I mean, you're twelve. Yeah, you know, fourteen, fifteen. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm in love, and this is gonna be like my husband and all that stuff. Uh, but it was good for a while. You know, um, he provided those things that I felt like I needed in life to feel like a human. And then, you know, as I start to get older and stuff, it, it becomes uh, more like, hey, you can't wear those shorts to school. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, hey, you can't have these friends and you can't go to prom and you can't go to wow. grad night. And it, and it became, um, first it was like mentally abusive. Then it, then it got physical with him and it was just back and forth because I, you know, I'm not How the type of person. How long were you together? We were together for four years, from 14 okay. to 18. Wow. Um, at during this time you were going to school. I was going to school, but I didn't go to school for one whole year because I decided that hey, like I want to fuck this, and I'm not going to school. I ran away from foster care during the summer of my tenth grade, uh-huh. and I and I lived with him for a whole year in an apartment in Pasadena, and you know he'd go off to work at Taco Bell. And go make that money, and I'd be at home like making dinner and shit, and and I was like playing housewife at like fifteen years old. Wow! And um, so we lived together for a whole year, and and I think that's when shit started going really, oh, okay. really bad. 
uh, because we drank together. Uh, okay. He was older, even though he wasn't 21 yet. He, you know, you know, you can get out. Yeah, of course. So that kind of leads me to my next question. So right around the first time you drank was around that time. I, I recall drinking for the first time in foster care, not with him, um, but we drank a lot together too. Yeah. And we, okay. and, and I was smoking weed. And um, and it was just something that we did all the like time. Normal, it just seemed normal. It was normal at the beginning, but then it it got excessive yeah. and um out of control sometimes. But I never even alcoholism never even thought like popped into my mind at that age. You know, mm. I was just like I'm having fun, I'm young, and um and that went on for a year, and uh, it led up to this one big event uh, when we, him and I were drinking together, and it was just us. And um, I will not ever touch Bacardi Limon for the rest of my life because of that night. And um, that's what we were drinking, and we got into a huge argument, and he hit me, and um, I was on the ground, and he was pulling me, and I just was like, I didn't know what to do, and I called the cops. And mm-hmm. it really hit me right after I called the cops that, like, bitch, you're a runaway. They're going to come get you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I took off, and I remember hiding under this apartment complex uh, right there on Colorado and Allen. Uh, waiting for the helicopter and the cops to stop looking for me and having like this moment of like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like I'm a, I'm a high school dropout. Um, I fucking haven't even emancipated from foster care. You know, I, I'm, what am I doing with my life? Like I need to go back and finish school and get on with my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, I um, was getting to the point where I was done with the abuse, but I didn't know how to get away. Mm, of course, yeah. So I woke up. We The next morning, I went back to the apartment, and with, like, happiness, he was like, yeah, I'll take you back to the police. Like, you can go back to foster care. And I did. went to the Pasadena police, and I turned myself in, and they drove me to a house in Pomona, foster mm. home. And um, I went back, and they were like, I went back to this was a high school, and I was a pretty good student. Yeah. So I and I knew the principal because everybody knew my story at the high school that I was in foster care. Right. And um, they allowed me to do a whole bunch of classes in the summer of my senior year. Mm-hmm. And then I did classes from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. my entire senior year so that I can make up the extra the year. year. Oh, and yeah. I graduated on time. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's talk That's about resilience, perseverance right? right? Yeah. There, perseverance, yeah. you know. For sure. Yeah single-mindedness so so now you graduated high school and and uh and now is everything go great oh yeah and then happily after here i am i know you emancipated yourself uh tell us about that so yeah so i went back and i finished everything and um i got into this program for transitional living Mm -hmm. uh which you qualify for if you're a foster foster youth which sounds so cool to me it is you pay 20 percent of your income and i was working at togo's so better make that much better than hakla yeah i know right (laughs) and 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 they put it in a bank account for you until you move out and they give it back to you so i was uh i had my own apartment badass two-bedroom apartment uh right there across the street from apu And um, I was going to Citrus, going to school. I had my job, and I was like, I'm going to do so good for myself. You know, I don't want to be that stigma of a foster kid, you know, homeless, on drugs, or an alcoholic with like 10 kids. And, you know, I had all these ideas that I, what I, of what I didn't want to be. And at the same time, like, you're kind of moving on from that relationship. You're you're, kind of you're over of that pain. relationship, right? So when I turned eighteen, I I kind of sh- I took a, a, a couple of uh, letting him go and taking him back to finally know let that go. It was over. Yeah, 
So you're over with that relationship and you're moving into like really some positive stuff in your life. And, and so are you moving into new, new relationships or are you kind of holding yourself back? I was still holding myself back. I, so in the time that I turned 18, um, I would see him sometimes, but we weren't together. Right. And then I booty call. I um, and then I met <laughs> I met this guy at at school that was coming in to like offer credit cards to students, mm-hmm. and and I and I you know was dating him a little bit, and then Henry, my husband, um, had delivered actually a pizza to my foster home before I turned eighteen. Oh. And and he worked Pervert. at the Pizza Hut across the street from where I lived. <laughs> oh. And uh, he had asked me for like he had asked me out, but I was like, I'm eighteen, I'm seventeen, I can't date an older man. Knowing damn well, like you know, I was right. already dating my older man mm-hmm. boyfriend from yeah. before. What's but, an age difference? He's just one year older. No, he's six years older than me. Henry oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, it's really good for his age, though. You naughty also, guy. Also, also, you worked at Togo, Robin so you cradle. must make really good sandwiches, right? I make really good sandwiches. I know Togo's oh. a. Good Can we put that on our like yeah. shelf to, make, to have Lorraine make some sandwiches for us. I know, right? Oh, God. You know me and my control and perfection. Like yeah, it had to look like the fucking picture. I believe you. I wish I could have like, gone to that. It was Togo's. in order. Everything was great. I wouldn't give out bad bread. Like oh. awesome. so, all of a sudden, Henry shows up at your door with some pizza and uh, with nothing else under his. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> With the pizzone. <laughs> and then what happens? So so um, in this time, I'm dating like a couple of people. Not dating, just, you know, hanging out with people because I had my own place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Henry delivered a pizza to my apartment. And he's like, hey, I remember you. I'm like, I remember you too. So we went on a date. And um, it was okay. And I, you know, didn't really speak to him anymore that much. Uh, and then one time he was like, hey, let's go to Vegas. And I'm like, What? Okay. Like randomly out of nowhere? Yeah, out of nowhere. I'm Henry, 18. come on, man. I know. He's like, let's go to <laughs> Vegas. And I was like, okay. So we went to Vegas and we were there for a couple of days. I don't remember how many days. And uh, when I came back, like I have attachment issues, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know. It's, it's it's something. And I it was just like we were inseparable. I stopped seeing my ex. I stopped mm-hmm. seeing the other guy. And it was just like me and Henry. And we had decided to like become exclusive. Uh-huh. Just me and him. Mm-hmm. And, and then a couple of months later, I was pregnant. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Literally. Wow. Like I did not know he this man. He locked that shit down. He yeah. fucking did. He got me. <laughs> he replaced your, your, your birth control with, uh, with the sugar pills. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> no, but I remember, I remember when I found out I was pregnant, I was at work. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt nauseous, and I and I had to pee a lot, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm sick! Like, I gotta go to the doctor." And uh, so, while working at Togo's, there was these girls, these little white girls, and they were like, "Oh, this will help you want to clean the whole place up." And they introduced me to meth. Hell yeah! Oh. And um, for six months, I was doing that shit. And when um, you were pregnant? No, 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 no. Before I got oh, pregnant. Love those. Okay. And uh, and and I only got it from them. I never bought it because I didn't know where to even buy that. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I only did it at work, which was every, every day because I went to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, it's just every day that ends with why yeah right. so then um i went to the doctor and i found out i was pregnant and i had to stop smoking cigarettes weed, doing meth and drinking because i was like i'm not gonna be that mom you know right. and i did and i stopped and then then i had to get to know henry too because like every like, time who are you every time he'd come spend the night at my house like i didn't know he slept in his contacts he didn't want to know he didn't want me to know he wore like bottle cap glasses oh. like, he's too. Blind, you me know? and henry are the same okay and yeah. i didn't know he was like super christian like he played in the well, band at not church. that christian oh yeah exactly <laughs> there you go christian. He's, yeah like when he's not with he's, her he's at church yeah, yeah. 
And so I had to find out, you know, I had to get to know him. And when we told his parents, like, they wanted us to get married, like, yesterday. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know your son. Like, I'm not going to marry him. Are you crazy? We're just going to have a baby together. So what and happened? And I, I stuck to my guns. Um, I stayed in my apartment until I was right about nine months pregnant. Wow. And uh, Henry, he 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 was like, oh, don't worry. He's like, because um, I lived in Azusa and he lived in Baldwin Park. He's like, I'm going to have my mom and dad buy a house with another house so we can live in it. And I'm like, this motherfucker's crazy. What is, what is he, who does he think he is? Right. Uh, he's a kid that his parents love, apparently. So his parents bought a house in Azusa mm. with the back house and we moved in. So I wow. moved out of my apartment as they closed escrow and bought the house. And we moved into the back house, a uh, little two bedroom, one one bath uh, behind his parents' house. And um that's when we moved in together. I was like a, a month from having the baby. Oh, so it was before you had the baby. It was, it, yeah. We moved, I moved in with him a month before I had the baby. So how did you? How, that's a lot to like acclimate. I know, you know, dude, that's dang. a lot to take in. Having a baby, you know, moving uh, the events of your childhood, then like expecting to give birth within a month, and then you barely even, you know, are getting to know someone. Like, and you just got sober. Yeah. Ish. Dry, Ish. dry. Yeah. You just got dry. Yeah. Well, well, I wasn't. They put me in therapy as soon as I got into foster care. Okay. So I was in therapy in my. I've actually been in therapy almost my entire life. I I stopped going about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm You're like I'm, I'm finished. I'm cured. Mm. Um, I thought I had worked through all my shit. You right. know. So I stopped seeing my therapist. I saw her for fourteen years after I. Uh, found a good one that i really like that's good i love those but the therapy really helped me a lot i'm available for everybody (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good so we had the baby uh and uh for a while everything was good you know i didn't go back a little boy he's 20 now he's not a boy okay he's a man now supposedly well then guys then yeah then um yeah everything was good i I got into church with him Mm -hmm. you know i started being a youth leader with him and you know, after we got married, everything was better. We decided to get married um, after Michael was after Michael was one. Then okay. I was like, okay, I, I kind of want to marry you now. I know you now. <laughs> kind of. So, Control freak. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I did the church thing. And then after three years, I was like, if you want to have another baby, four years is a good uh, span, span so we can, you know, pay for college <laughs> for See four. the power so, control issue. Power control type <laughs> but A. But it comes, it comes yeah. from like the childhood. But like a really sweet type A. Yeah. You're like the oh, sweetest type A I've yeah. met. Uh-huh. I swear to God. Yeah. Anyway. So at three years, we planned it and we had Michael almost exactly four years. I mean, we had Michelle almost exactly four years after Michael. Oh. And, and that was it. I was like, no more kids where do you get these names uh michael was just a name that we both agreed on and, and then the church to is a it's it's the archangel michael yeah it was a church that. thing too where'd you yes. get the michelle michelle so, was close to michael yeah and, well michelle was close to michael <laughs> you're like we just didn't want to go that far into like changing the name <laughs> <laughs> and it matched oh, okay, it does. No. two oh, m's you know control freak they have the kids names have to match michael and michelle. Yes. anyway it has nothing to do near henry or lorraine uh, no and so that that so it was good for about seven years but in those seven years um before i started my full-blown alcoholism I'd have those nights where I'd be like, you watch the kids. I'm going to go out. Because at this point, he's he's a homebody as it is. And, mm-hmm. and he was never like a Friday night party kind of person. Mm-hmm. But I'm in my 20s and I want to go out. And he's like, you go. I'll stay with the kids. And I was like, cool. I had times where I'd fucking, I went to uh, Fort Dimensions in Monrovia. And I share the story because, uh, you know, I got taken into the drunk tank that night. At, wow. Because the police station's across the, around the corner. <laughs> yep. yeah. And I'm out to smoking a cigarette. And, um, 
you know, two kids at home with my husband and I, and I drive a stick and nobody else that's with me drives a stick. Which is oh, so weird. No. You guys need to learn how to drive a stick. Know, and even if they did, like, my keys were in my purse and my purse was in jail with me. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Oh, jeez. And so Henry had to come pick everybody up and take them home. Oh. And uh, he had he to pick me to. up. The, no, <laughs> but he did. And he picked me up the next morning. And I just remember him saying, like, it's going to be a while before you go out again. And I was mm. like, okay. And then I waited a little while and I fucking would do it again. But you didn't ever end up in Monrovia Police again? No. And, and I wasn't arrested. I was just taken into the drunk, drunk tank. tank. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they have a picture of me. I, I wonder about that sometimes. <laughs> the, you go check. I know. <laughs> so, like, what is it that really drove you into the... Yeah, what happened in those seven years before? That... Like, what drove... What, what brought it up? Did anything specific ramp it up? Or did you just... I guess I... I'm not anything specific, but I think it was just that I felt like I missed out on my 20s. And the kids were getting older, and they were okay with staying with Henry or with Grandma and Grandpa so Mm -hmm. that we could go out. And I wanted to catch up to everything I had missed. And uh, so when I was, you know, 27, that's when I started, like, really going all out. The kids were, you know, Michael was seven, and uh, Michelle was, let me do math, three (laughs) that's exactly like me yeah Yeah, and and they were old enough to where they didn't need me there all night long on a friday or a saturday and a little bit on sunday because i'd be hung over and and it'd be okay because grandma lived right and henry was okay with you doing that he was not okay but he didn't stop me Mm. yeah um he told me he would tell me like hey like you should chill a little bit or just drink you know one beer I'm like, what the fuck is Those frothy beer? emotional appeals. Yeah. Uh, or he'll be like, you're not even going to spend any time with us tomorrow because you're going to just be sleeping all day. And I'm like, you're welcome. You know, like, I'm just going to be sleeping. I'm not going to be bugging you guys. Because I, when I was, you know, participating in, in my family, like, I had us planned all sorts of shit. Like, we're going yeah, to the... Yeah, power and control issues. Yeah, like, we're going to go here. We're going to the zoo. Then we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And it was just like... And, right. and throughout this you whole time, chill. no, and this whole time, you know, <laughs> from 18 until now, like I've always had a full-time job mm-hmm. and I was going to school at that time too, at Citrus still. Yeah. I, I went there for 10 years and didn't get a, did not get a degree, <laughs> believe wow. it or not. Because I'd take off like a semester and then I'd go for two classes and, and, um, it's just, I was trying to do everything to not again be that, that typical foster, foster kids exactly yeah. yeah like i wanted to have the family and the husband and the car and all that good stuff just to to prove to everybody that I, like i can make it on my own you know without anybody yeah and um i don't know it slowly progressed mm-hmm. slowly at first mm-hmm. uh then i started to like get bad uh liver tests okay and the doctor's like hey maybe you should check out aa and my therapist i showed up not drunk but like tipsy a couple of times to sessions and she's like you need to go to aa and check it out and i was like yeah i'll go and and i found a woman's meeting in glendora it's still there at a church on mondays and um it was a lot of like older older women all white and I'm like a 27 year old like Hispanic woman and I'm like I walked in there and I was like I have nothing in common with these women. You just felt out of place. Of course yeah. Yeah. But I was taking notes. I was like okay this woman lost her kids. I didn't do that. I'm like this woman lost her car. I didn't do that. Right. Like this woman her husband divorced her. I still got mine. So I'd you know come home and I'd tell him like babe these people are really fucked up like I, I I don't relate. I don't belong there. Like I just like to drink. I'm young. Leave me alone. And that's how it was for 11 more years. You know, I 
convince myself right out of the rooms of AA. But I, had I known what I know now, I think it would have been different. Or had I listened, because I really honestly just didn't fucking want to listen. Yeah. What? So what? Like, how did how did your drinking change from that point to maybe the time you? you I mean, that to... eleven years is, is a long time. So it's it went it from still like a slow pro- progression. It was, I, I always called myself a social drinker, but then I'd make social events so that I could make sure I could drink. Ah, like oh, you know, party at my house, or uh, I'm going to that club like like, meet me there and my life right now and at first it was just friday saturdays and sundays and an occasional like wednesday if it was a holiday and everybody's gonna be Mm -hmm. off and stuff like that but um as i got more into mommy mode and shit it was just like having a bottle of wine with dinner a bottle of wine a whole bottle yeah Yeah. um because that's acceptable i'm not gonna put my fucking jug of captain morgan on the table you know right and um and I started buying more wine and more wine, and I'd switch because then I'd get tired of it. And But then if I had to drink alcohol, I'd have it in the bathroom and then go drink some and then come back. Yep. And that's when the hiding the alcohol started. And um, and it just progressed, and it became, uh, you know, more than just weekend drinking. Right. And and it it was uh, affecting my health more. Mm-hmm. And then about five years ago, again, the doctor's like, you know, you need to really, really slow down your drinking or you're not going to make it to 40. And I'm like, that sounds a little like exaggerated. Like you're exaggerating a little mm-hmm. bit. Like there's people that drink way more than me that are like way past 40. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, but I didn't like heed the ominous warning, you yeah. know. And um, at that time, I, ha- I remember going into Charter Oak for the uh, 7 a.m. meetings charter oak oh okay because uh, i had gone to the 502 and i uh, met a couple of people and um and they you know how we do we pull you in yeah. they're like let's go eat at millie's and i'm like i'm all about going to millie's before and after but i don't want to go to the fucking meetings right, exactly <laughs> but I, if i have to sit through an hour meeting Fine. to go eat like i'll do that and right. and i met chris reynoso at, at that time in you 2018 did? i sure did Aww. and uh jen cupcake jen yeah. and Me skittles too. uh ryan oh, god and i was in their little Two group out of those three been this show. <laughs> <laughs> i was in their little group in 2018 like just following them around going to eat oh, not god. really listening you and... had met amanda though huh? no i i oh, don't remember funny. her but i'm pretty sure she was there yeah she, she had was. long hair that's why because yeah. maybe you don't remember she doesn't look like that before but like i remember going like. to the 7 a.m and uh-huh. Sean and um, Sean Moore and uh, Nina Jablonski would s- Nina would sit in the back with the women in the uh-huh. rows of seats, but Sean would sit at the table. And I remember them because they always said their first and last name. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is anonymous. Why are they giving us their last name? <laughs> um, but I remember them, and I remember seeing the the patients that were at Charter in there, and and they didn't look like too happy, but they also didn't look like they were being beat by the people. Right. So I was right. like, okay, cool. <laughs> There's no abuse going on here. Sorry. So when I finally. Uh, went to rehab and they mentioned charter i was like i know that place i know exactly where it's at send me there right yeah when did you when did you end up going so uh right before i got sober six months before i got sober i was really sick i was about 70 pounds underweight Mm -hmm. um uh i was no longer eating any food it Uh was all alcohol like no food at all so i lost a lot of weight but i didn't even realize it which is the crazy part it blows my mind now thinking back to it like some people would mention it, but not really because it was during COVID. Yeah. So we weren't seeing that many people. Yeah. And uh, I was still going to work. I don't know how I made it to work. 
You know, yeah. I, I have a crazy schedule. At that time, I was going in at 3.30 a.m. and getting off at 12.30. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd get off work at 12.30 in the afternoon, go pick up a bottle, do my thing, get up in the morning at 3.30, go back to work, make it through. I don't know how I made it through my shift. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, so I got six, six months prior to rehab. And um, I went to the hospital. By this time, I'm, like, going in there to detox every month or so. Yeah. And uh, I was embarrassed because people are in there, like, for real reasons. Remember you now. Yeah, and and they recognized me. And uh, I got into the point where I was, like, writing on a piece of paper, like, um, because they'd ask, like, what's wrong? And, you know, everybody's listening. And I wrote on a piece of paper before I got there, like, "Uh, I'm an alcoholic. I need to detox. And I'd slide it over. And then they'd give me that look and then pull me in the back and fucking put me in a room to to detox for a couple of hours. Banana bags, yep. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then I'd... uh, because I dri- at this point, my, I was driving myself there because Henry's like, if you're going to do this to you, I want no part in it. You drive yourself to the hospital, and I'll see you when you get back. Yeah. I like Henry, you know. He seems very Ellen-onish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I drive, I leave the hospital and head straight to the liquor store before I got home. And that's how it was. And in one of the times that I was in the hospital, they did some scans, and they found some masses in my liver. And um, they were like, oh, it's, you know, we have to see if it's cancerous. And I had everybody at the house praying for me. And my, my mother-in-law is really religious and goes to church and, you know, has a direct connection to her God. Yeah. And she'd rub uh, extra virgin olive oil that she anointed on my on my liver. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I uh, found out, uh, you know, for a whole week I was waiting for the results <laughs> to see if it was cancer. Yeah. And, and I, you know, didn't drink for a week. And I that was the shittiest week because I couldn't have anything to drink. And I was, like, in shakes and everything. But the minute I found out that I didn't have cancer, I went and I bought the big bottle of alcohol. (laughs) Celebrate. Celebrate, exactly. So, wow. So this is like six months before. So what happens in the last six months? The same thing, just constant drinking. Um, But I couldn't do it anymore. I felt like I was going to die. And uh, it started to affect my work. Uh, I would not miss work for shit. Um, and then one Monday I called in and Henry's like, you're going to call in. And I said, I can't go to work. Like, I feel like I can't even walk. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to stop drinking today. Um, I'm going to detox myself at home for today and I'll go back to work tomorrow. Uh, but as soon as he went to work, I went and I bought a bottle. Of course. And then, uh, Tuesday I called in again and, um, Ooh, same that's thing. two days. Yeah, two days in a row. And after three, you have to like notify um, management for some reason. Yeah. You have to give them a doctor's note at that point, right? Yeah. So that was day two. Same thing. I went and I bought a bottle. Didn't work. Uh, Day three, I woke up and I was like, I called in and um, I woke Henry up and I was like, you have to call in sick today too. And he's like, why? I said, you got to take me to rehab today or I'm going to fucking die. Like yeah. I'm not gonna make mm. it. I need I need help right now. No. And how was your guys' relationship? I, I, this is another thing I want to know. Like during the whole time, this last seven years or ten years or whatever, like how are you guys doing as a couple? Um, I I want to say things were good because I felt like they were, but the last maybe five years of my drinking, I was really distant. Um, I was in my room by myself, and I, he would seclude himself to the garage. The kids were older when I got sober. Yeah. Uh, the kids were 14 and 18, mm-hmm. so they were kind of, like, doing their own teenage thing at that point. And so it was just uh, I mean, even though a separation you're, of, like... You're physically present, but you're just totally oh, no. out there. Yeah, like, I was there, but I was, like, 0% there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like for, the, not just with him, but with the family. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I guess it was he was just hoping it would go away. 
or right. tolerating it in hopes that I'd come to my senses maybe. So like when you first got together with you, you were, it was like, you know, you were present 90% of the time and that other 10%. And then every year it would go down 89, 88, 87. Toward the end, you were like 1%, 2%. That's like a really good way of, of looking think, at it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. At the end it was just like, and so even though like he still loved you, but there was just like no connection between you guys. No, definitely not in that sense. Like he's not a like a touchy feely kind of guy. And mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate that because neither am I because mm-hmm. of what my past. past. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like a we're holding hands all the time or kissing right. each other all the right. time. Um, so it in that department, I didn't feel like um, it was lacking anything. And, you know, with drinking, like I could... It, that's, drinking helped me have sex all the time, so it wasn't nothing bad in that department either. Right, right. right. Um, so, but it, but the the emotional collection was connection was definitely uh, lacking. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Um, oh god, we're gonna have to come back to that later later on <laughs> after you get sober because I, I always love talking about you know like intimacy like in in, in sobriety is like such a big subject for yeah, people to talk is. about. We had our own. We're, we're gonna have more episodes like on talking, just that. Yeah, like, actually. So you get sober. So I go. So that day I go to rehab, right? And yes. and they they call me back because they have my extensive history on on alcoholism and Kaiser, <laughs> and they're like, "We've been waiting for you to call. We're gonna get you a room." <laughs> I call your VIP. I call at eight by ten. They're like, "You have a bed at Charter," and I was like, "All right, cool." And I and I packed my bag and I went to detox. And um, I don't remember anything of those three days I was in detox. I don't remember eating. Oh, yeah. Did you detox at, at Charter also? I did. Okay. And I was, th- but I was only there for three days. Okay. Um, on the third day, because they come and take your vitals. Right. On the third day, they came in with the ambulance and a stretcher, and they took me to Kaiser to finish detoxing because I needed oh. a blood transfusion. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I needed two pints of blood, and mm-hmm. I needed to finish three more days of detox at Kaiser. Okay. And uh, when my detox was over, they were going to send me home. And I was like, you guys can't send me home. Uh, I'm going to fucking go to the liquor store when I get home. And the way that um, I had the relationship with Henry, like, he was going to drive me to the liquor store whether he wanted to or not. All right. You know? And so uh, they sent Charles to pick me up. Mm-hmm. And um, they picked me up, tried to pick me up from hos- the hospital. And mm-hmm. then I got into residential that same day. And I say 28 days, and uh, I listened to everything that they said. Yeah. I was done. I was fully convinced I was an alcoholic. Yeah. Like 100%. <clears throat> for wow. Sure. Yeah. Wow, that's so great. That's so great because that's that's usually the one of the biggest things because people get into rehab and they're like, yeah. They you still know have what? a I reservation. Just, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a bad head. run. I had, you know, you got like Maybe. all. Yeah, exactly. The navies kind of start coming up, but you knew. Huh? But that's at the end. I, I I wanted to stop drinking so bad, Dean, and I just could not physically not drink. Of yeah. course, I couldn't. Like I, oh, yeah. I'd sit in bed crying, drinking, and Henry would walk in, and he's like, he's like, babe, just stop, just don't take, don't. He's like, give me the bottle, I'll throw it away, and I'm like, no, I have to drink. Like, yeah. I have to, and he just couldn't understand why I couldn't stop, and neither could I. I could yeah. not understand. Yeah, my, my sponsors tell me toward the end he would get up in the morning and go, "I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to drink today. I'm not." And he would walk toward his garage, toward the refrigerator in his garage, all the way, saying that all the way to the refrigerator, picking up the beer and cracking it open and drinking it right, right up to when it got to his lips, saying, "I'm not going to drink today," and it just going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just yeah. like. It's it's the weirdest thing, right? And and and. 
And had it not happened to me and somebody was would tell me that story, I wouldn't believe you. Because yeah. that's yeah. unbelievable to me. No. Yeah. I can't believe it. I went through it the same way but with, with Matt. I would be yeah. like, all right, I'm not going to go. I'm on. not going to take a hit. I'm just not going to uh, Yeah, or do a line or whatever. I go to the bathroom and I'd be like, oh, God, it'd be really good to do one. I just to wake up, you know, like whatever. Yeah, you I know? totally know that. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're in that boat. You you get to you get the charter. You spend how long in charter? Twenty eight days. Twenty eight days, and then mm-hmm. did you go to outpatient? I sure did. They didn't want to let me go to outpatient at charter because Kaiser wanted me to yeah. go to theirs. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have But I was like, listen. So in the eleven years that I that I was out there from when I got introduced to AA and, until I finally went back, um, I did outpatient at at Kaiser four or five different times and no. I'd go phase one, phase two, phase three. I graduated, I could drink and I drink. Oh wow. But I was never really sober because they don't require you to be sober. Yeah. It's highly encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> and they have you go to some AA meetings, but you don't really have to turn in the card if you don't want to. Yeah. Wow. And um, so you don't think that's structured enough for you. So. No, and it wasn't and I'd make I'd come home with like my, my phase one certificate. I'm like, you see, I'm not an alcoholic and phase two and three and I'm like, I'm good for like a year. But I wouldn't be good because I'd still be drinking. Jeez. And I did that several times so i failed out of their program so when i uh got out of rehab uh i told them i've already tried your program you guys got to give me something better so i did uh the outpatient at at charter um monday through friday 8 a.m to 1 30 p.m for two months you did the php Uh uh-huh wow yeah for two months and it's the day after i finished my two months i went back into the kaiser outpatient uh-huh. For another four months. Yeah. Oh, good, good for you. I good feel like I you. needed it. You know what? Like that's the thing. the The longer the people stay in treatment, the the better chances yeah. they have. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, so you, you were there all together, but like between uh, Charter and and, and Kaiser, Kaiser, about six yeah. months. Six months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So tell us about how your AA uh, gung ho progressed. Uh, so I, uh, before I went back to work, I, I was out of work for three months. Before I went back to work, I got my shit together, like mm-hmm. my meetings. I tried all sorts of meetings, and I, you know me, I had a list. And of course, a She's lot like of women at this organized. One. I'm like, they don't have snacks at this one. <laughs> I'm like, they start this one late. So I had all these notes on different meetings, and I picked like the meetings that I was going to go to, and I had one in every single day of the week. In the evening, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was going to the seven a.m. on Zoom every day too, and I and I stuck to them. And I was like, I'm going to go to these meetings. I got my sponsor uh, from the seven a.m. meeting, and she, I was on my ass. Thankfully, you know, right. uh, she gave me the structure that I needed early in my recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, call her every day. I called her every day for an entire year, yep. like two o'clock on the fucking dot <laughs> every fucking day. You know me, I had an yeah. alarm. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I did my step work and. Uh, I don't know. I just, it, I didn't think it was going to work. I hurt, you know, I, I, I was willing to buy into it, but I wasn't sure if I was fully convinced, like, how are these steps going to really help me in my right. life? Yeah. Really? Cause I've kind of felt like I had my life together. Yeah. Whether you believe it or not, way. like I, I, I was like, you know, I, I didn't really lose anything at all when I came into AA material wise, mm-hmm. everything was still there. And I, just and your I like, life. I yeah. like to say now, like I didn't lose anything except for like my, my mind sanity. and almost my life. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until eight months later that I realized that one of the episodes that I had at Kaiser was a full psychosis like episode. Really? Yeah. Sean was sharing about an episode he had, and um, and I started thinking like, was I in psychosis that time? And I went home that Sunday after the meeting, right. and I pulled out my my records from the phone for that for that hospital visit uh-huh. where I thought they were trying to kill me. 
and I and they're like they were they were gonna give me monkey blood because I had gotten a blood transfusion before I went to Kaiser to detox. Right, uh-huh. I was right. on my second blood transfusion, and um and I was like they were gonna give me monkey blood. I know it's in the chart and it's a banana bag. And I was like yeah, banana bag. Yeah, I'm oh like that's God. how my brain was associating it. And I was on IV, so they weren't feeding me. And I just remember hearing through the walls, of course, because I could hear it through walls yeah. that <laughs> they were gonna put shit in my fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I just and I checked myself out of the hospital that day because I had driven myself there and I ran to my car because I thought they were chasing me. Right. Jeez. That is full and blown I went, psychosis. I went right home, there. I showered, and I drove myself to the Kaiser and Downey because I was like, fuck, ball and park, they're trying to kill me. Yeah. But it took eight months of being sober to to put two and two together. Right. Right. Um, but you know, in sobriety, I've uh you know, that mom that I had this huge resentment for, I was like, I'm never going to make that amends. Yeah. Like, I don't owe her a fucking apology. She owes me an apology. Yeah. And and everybody in the rooms, and I hated it. They'd be like, oh, she did the best she could. And I'm like, that's not true. Right. Um, I was able to work through that resentment over the course of like nine months, mm-hmm. you know. Did you, uh, were you uh, immediately relieved of the, the, the need to drink? Oh, my God, No. Okay. Oh no! I remember you. I know. This you is why told I'm asking. me this. Like, this is why I'm no. asking, guys. I, I left charter to talk about it. and I got my keys and my card back, and I was like, I can go to the liquor store. Wow. And I wanted to go to the liquor store, but I fucking went home with my kids and my husband, and I put my shit to wash, and I went to a meeting. Wow. That day. Okay. And and then the next day, and then the next day, and I haven't stopped going, and it and it kept me sober just for the hour, hour and a half. And then the 20 minute drive home, I'd be sober and then I'd be home and, and I'd be sober. And it just, it was hard. And the first time I remember not having that, that thought, obsessive <laughs> thought was Thanksgiving break. Everybody was home. And I remember waking up and Henry, we woke up at the same time, which never happens. He's always either already up before me or I'm already up before mm-hmm. him. And I looked over and I was like, guess what? And he's like, what? I'm like, I haven't thought about alcohol like in three days. I was so fucking excited. <laughs> yeah. And he's that's like, so really? And I was like, well, I'm thinking about it now, but I'm not going to buy any. And that's when the obsession left me. Yeah. I really, I, I remember that. that. So that's what, like six months in? It was about seven months in. Yeah. yeah. See, so like, if anybody's out there listening to this, just keep keep going. Yeah, yeah keep it took going. seven months, but it, it was an It's not like, that's not the regular, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. This, this chick is so freaking. To each its own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so but awesome. I remember that. Yeah. That was that was a big turning point for me for sure so that first year what was like what were the i mean what were the big challenges for you in that first year the amends to my mom was the biggest yeah um i didn't want to do it and uh charter had given me this packet a forgiveness packet that i found out that nobody else got (laughs) like they put that shit on my bed it was a 52 page packet they're like you need to do this uh for your mom and and i had a resentment i was like i'm not gonna do this shit and i went through it really quick while i was in there and at the end it says are you ready to make an amends and i was like no (laughs) <laughs> and I put it in my folder and I took it home with me and it sat there for a long time. And when I was getting to my amends, um, my sponsor was like, maybe you should go ask them for a brand new packet and rework it now that you've been sober for eight months. And I said, okay. And I did. I reworked it after eight months of sobriety. And when I got to the last page and it says, are you ready to make that amends? I said, yes. Mm. And so my sister still um, has contact with my mom and she always has. And I told her, hey, you know, would my mom, do you think my mom would be willing to take a letter from me to her? Uh, because at this point, I hadn't seen or talked to my mom in nine years. Oh, my God. But it wasn't after foster care. So after foster care, I had a little bit of contact with her, but she'd right. come and go um, yeah. as right. she pleased. Like, if she needed something, she'd come and, and hang out for a while and 
And then she'd disappear for a couple of years. And it got to the point where she'd come over and Michelle would be like, Mom. And I'm like, what's up? She's like, who's that Who's that lady? And I'm like, that's your grandma. And that's, you know, out of sight, out of mind with kids. And I and it was bad for my kids. And um, so my mom just decided she didn't want to be a part of my life or my kid's life. And I was okay with that because I felt like it'd be better for all of us. Yeah. So I hadn't seen her in nine years. And um, she was willing to take a letter from me. And then my sponsor's like, well, if she's willing to take a letter, ask her if she's willing to meet. And I was like, dude, we did not talk about that. You said a fucking letter. <laughs> that was so a really mad. good foot in the door. Mad. so <laughs> mad. I was so mad. But, you know, that's what sponsors are there for. Yep. And I'm so thankful and grateful for her, you know. Then I did that. My sister set up that meeting and I went to the park uh, to meet her. And um, she started what she started off with. I have a friend. I have a coworker that's in AA and he told me I didn't have to accept your amends if I didn't want to. And I said, you don't. So I read it straight off my little notebook Mm -hmm. and um, and I let her say whatever she wanted to say. And the only thing in the 15 minutes and I timed it, (laughs) the only thing in the 15 minutes that I heard uh, was uh, I did the best I could with you and Elaine. She's like, I couldn't do any better. I was young. I didn't know anything better. And and I said, okay. And that was it. And I got in my car and I went home. And I didn't have that huge weight lifted immediately. I right. didn't. Because I was waiting for it. Maybe that's probably why. Because I was expecting Because your it. expectation. Yeah. yeah. But as time went by, like, I feel, I know now I feel like a lot better having done that. Yeah. And I don't have that that weight of that anymore and, and continuing to stay in the rooms and continuing to listen and learn. Wow. I know she did the best she could now. Yeah. She yeah. didn't do the best she could as a mother. She did the best she could with me as a mother. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And with her background and with what, you know, what resources she had, all you put all that together in context, it probably makes a lot more sense than it does when you just talk about it in the abstract. Yeah. You know? And all yeah. the fear and the unknown and the... The stress, it's it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. What What is it? Are you able to, do you have any kind of relationship with her today? No. So we didn't like, exchange numbers and hugs afterwards. It was just like, okay, that was your amends. Thank you very much. And I was like, thank you for coming out. And I walked out of the park and I went home and that was it. And I didn't think I was going to ever see her again. And um, for Thanksgiving this past year, my sister, uh, she was like, I want to have Thanksgiving dinner at my house because she had just bought a house in uh, Fontana. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was like, cool, because we've always done it at my house. She's like, but I want my mom to be there. I'm like, cool, have Thanksgiving with your mom then. That's cool with me. She's like, but I want you there. And uh, wow. I called my sponsor, and I was like, listen, <laughs> I already your did what sponsor's really I, taking a lot of heat. <laughs> listen, I already did what I needed to do with this woman. Like, I don't feel like I need to be there. And she's like, it's not for you. It's for your sister. Yeah. That's right. That's and right. For, for a long time, everything was about me. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about anybody else. Yeah. yeah. And... um. You know, I went fully prepared, and I prepared my husband and my kids. My kids hadn't seen their grandma in, in, yeah. in a long, in in over ten and a half years. Because wow. when I went to do my amends, I was by myself. Right. And uh, I walked in, and uh, I was preparing dinner with my sister because I I told my sister like, um, if she's going to be there, like, if we're going to be preparing dinner for hours, she doesn't need to be there for that, does she? And she's like, no. So she showed up just for dinner, and we got through the. Two and a half hours of dinner. Cool. Uh, but she didn't say a word to me, which was fine with me. Mm-hmm. And she didn't say a word to my daughter uh, or my husband. She chatted up my son a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. Uh-huh. But I was able to do that for my sister. And, you know, had I not been in program, that wouldn't have, first of all, she wouldn't even invited me to go. Right. right. And second of all, I wouldn't have even, you know, thought about it. Because when she asked me, I didn't say no. I said, yeah. I said, I'll let you know. And the first thing I, I told my sponsor was like, 
uh, I didn't say no. I, I, told, I told myself, like, I'm going to pray about it. Yes. Because I didn't do that before. What do you think? What do you think your relationship like has changed uh, with your with your sister since you got sober? Oh man, you should ask her that question. She, um, right at the time where I was really spiraling, she had lost her mother in law, and it hit her really hard. Um, she has a relationship with my mom, but it's not like a mother daughter relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so her mother in law and her were really close, and she passed away from cancer really fast. Like yeah. she found out she had it, and a couple of months later, she passed. Mm-hmm. Right. And her and her husband were uh, going through it, and she's like, you know, I'm going through this, and and she'd come to my house, and she's like, and I don't want you to die. You're like the the closest family I have, and and you're killing yourself, and why don't you stop? Like I'll help you. And I just, I, I couldn't stop for her. Like, my daughter had asked me to stop for her, and I yeah. wasn't going to do it for Michelle. Like, I, I love my daughter, but I loved alcohol a lot more. Yeah. And um, the relationship with my sister has been uh, a lot better. And I laugh a little bit because, like, I can remember shit now. I'd have full conversations <laughs> yeah. with her. And then she'd call me the next day, like, are we still going to go do this on Sunday? And You're I'm like, like what? what the fuck are we doing on Sunday? <laughs> what? And I look at my, oh my phone God. and we had a 40 minute conversation and I don't remember shit. What did I say? Oh, and she'd be like, your mem-, she'd tell me your memory is really shitty. And I, it wasn't my memory, it was my alcoholism. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was, there was a, a, a substance that was blocking your memory. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, uh, so like you guys, you guys are pretty tight today. We're, we've always been really close, but um, the last couple of years of my alcoholism, she was just like, I don't want to see you <clears> like this. And it was during COVID, so we couldn't see each other as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had just moved to Fontana, so it was right. a little bit less contact. Right. Um, but we've always been super close, like, ever since, um, you know, I came back into her life when I turned 18. What What was it like with your husband since since you yeah, got sober? Like, that. how's that improved? That's been weird. Um, sober <laughs> sex is weird, guys. I know. <laughs> I, so just, I was just rolling back into that. Yeah. But, but, but uh, I mean, just in general. I was so, like... I was afraid of that because, like, I don't remember the last time I had sober sex, and I was really afraid about that. Right. Um, but it's good. It's not. It's not horrible. How long did it take before you did it? <laughs> well, I had to do it as soon as I got home because, hello, I was gone for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Gotta be honest here. Uh, right, um, no, but it's it's um, it's definitely different. I remember we we've been to uh, marriage therapy about four times in our we've. Last week was 19 years that we've yes. been married. Happy oh, anniversary. Yeah. So we've been to therapy four times, not for any other reason that I wanted to divorce him like every fucking year for some reason. <laughs> I was just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. And he just wouldn't let me divorce him. Yeah. Right. Um, but sometimes it'd be like, we'd go there because I'm like, I'd be in there. And I'm like, you know what? He just wants to have sex. Like I'm a light switch. Uh-huh. And he'd be like, he'd walk in the door. He's like, are we going to have sex today? I'm like, dude, that's not how I want to be approached. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like touch my arm a little bit, <laughs> you know, rub my butt or something. <laughs> Wine and dine me. Yeah. Or, or something. But yeah. you know, you get, you get to 19 years of marriage and sometimes it's like, are we going to put on the schedule for tonight? Like sometimes it gets down like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I get do. it. I get it. Um, but it's a lot better. Um, I don't know. The communication for sure has changed. You know, we used to argue a lot. I used to argue a lot because Henry does not argue, and I'd be like, ah. mm-hmm. and and then he'd always be like, if you were if you were just sober, you weren't drinking, we wouldn't argue as much. And I was like, you're stupid. That's not true. And, and so how is it now? So since I've been sober, we've only had two arguments, and they were one of them was because. One of them was because he was supposed to, <laughs> I was supposed to pick up Michelle and then he said he was going to pick her up and then he said his parents and I got super annoyed by that. Oh. 
I know, right? That's kind of weird. <laughs> and then one time um, before uh, Michael started school at Fullerton, he had, he didn't have a license because um, I didn't teach him to drive because I am codependent and control freak. Yeah. And because I was like, I'm, how am I going to be sober enough to teach him how to drive, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So he's 18. He doesn't know how to drive. And he's starting college. Like, who's going to fucking pick him up and take him to school? Mm-hmm. Right. So they're like, you know, so-and-so is going to take him. Grandma and grandpa are going to take him. And you have to pick him up every day after work. And I was like, that's bullshit. I'm not picking him up. He should learn how to drive. <laughs> and he he told me that I was, oh, fuck, what's that word he used? He said, you're so cruel. Mm. And I was like, you got pissed because Henry told you you're so cruel. I started crying. Oh my god! I had never been called cruel in my life, and I felt like if anybody that knows me, I don't think anybody would ever call me cruel. And he's like, "You're that's not what a mom is supposed to do anything for their kids. And if you have to pick up your adult son from college, like that's what you have to do." But he came from a family that like really loved. Yeah, he's from like the one side of the spectrum where the family loves him and give like his mom will come cook dinner right now for him if I say I'm not going to make shit. Wow. Right now, today. Wow. And I come from the opposite where my mom won't even take a shit on me. Right, you know? right, right. So he he wants me to meet him. He doesn't even want me to meet him in the middle. He wants me to go to his side and right. see where how they live. And and so he called me cruel and, and I was just like, and I had a little bit of AA in me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to forgive you when you come making amends to me. <laughs> and I remember going to the park that day and, 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 and sharing at the meeting like, you know, I'm proud of myself because um, I walked away him. from that argument, and 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 I don't have a resentment. And then my sponsor was at the park, yeah, of course, and she's like, uh, "You need to write a tenth about this," and I did, mm-hmm. and and that was one of the arguments. But it's just been like stupid shit like that where um, I want my way, and when mm-hmm. it's not my way, it's shit. Shit blows up. I blow yeah. shit up. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I kind of learned in this program uh, that helps me in relationships is. Uh, is knowing that when you love somebody, there's like a lot of acceptance that you got to deal with in order to, um, in order to like, you know, I guess cohabitate. Get, get, yeah, cohabitate. You know? you know, like and like truly, like you know, you know, when when you hear something that like that like makes you like cringe or something like that, you know, or makes you like maybe brings up some insecurities. Like I, I'm, I'm always like, I'm like, okay, that I have to, I have to come to acceptance with this because. Because whatever's happening is happening in here now or in here now. And when I'm pointing and he's to my pointing head. To his head. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that aren't here with us. Um, Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, that's so, that's such a big, that's such a big step forward because I used to make my problems, your problems, your problems. in the mm-hmm. past, you know, and like knowing that. You know, my problems are are like in here and obviously people, you know, can can definitely stir them up. But being able to like figure out what's what what's what how, well, figuring out what, what it is that, that, that that's stirring me inside and communicating that in like a way that they can hear. Yeah, that, that's appropriately. That's, yeah, that, good communication is really key. Huge. I think I got a, a lot of the good communication in from therapy over the years with that's him good, yeah. because I've. I want to give myself credit for being in a lot of acceptance with him. Yeah. Um, but he's also accepted he's a lot very, of bullshit yeah. from me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm over here like, yeah. oh, I accept that he has a million comic books and a million toys <laughs> and movies. And then he's like, well, I'm accepting that you're a fucking alcoholic and oh. you're not participating in life and this and this and that. And I see that. Yeah. But communication I, has never been a, a big deal with yeah. us because we, you know, yeah. talk openly because of the therapy yeah. that we've been in throughout That's the years. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. 
good. So I'm going to, what time are we? We're at? way over. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, so we're going to ask you the, our questions. Oh, yeah. I know these get questions. Get into Michelle. Damn it. Oh, how's Michelle? <laughs> I know. I was going to explain to you guys, like, so the relationship with my husband wasn't, getting that back wasn't as difficult uh, when I got sober because he believes in God and he knew his God was going to take care of it in his time. And he I had that, that faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's like, when you, when God's ready for you to be sober, you're going to be sober and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. The relationship that I had to work on with was with my daughter. Yeah. Because my son was at the point where he's kind of like in his own little world already. You know, he's yeah. 18, 19, 20. Uh, he doesn't particularly care about what I do with my life, but my daughter was like really worried and cried a lot. And yeah. after I got sober, she was extremely happy. She wore my chips on her backpack mm. the oh. first year. Uh, you know, the 30 days, the 60, the 90, the six months of the year on her backpack. And I'm like, aren't you embarrassed uh, when people ask you what they're for? And she's like, I don't care. She's like, if they know what they are, that means they have somebody in program. Oh. That's true. And, wow. and that's all that matters. And sometimes she'd be like, somebody asked me what the chips was for, and I told them I was bulking up. And I'm like, you're stupid. (laughs) But for the first six months, you know, of being sober and coming home, like, she'd eye check me because I had those dead eyes when I was drinking. Yeah, Yeah. of course. And I always lied about drinking. Like, everybody knew I was drinking at home. Of course. Every day. And and Michelle would be like, are you drinking? Because I want to go to my friend's house. So can you drop, drop me off? And I always took her. Uh-huh. Uh, and she'd always see see it in my eyes, and so she eye checked me for a long time, coming home from meetings because yeah. she thought I was out drinking, but I was really at a meeting. And um, I feel like it's gonna take a while for me to get that back. And I came home one day from a meeting not too long ago, and I was telling her, I'm like, oh, you know, people are asking how long it takes to get your relationship back with your family, and she's like, I think it's gonna take me five years. And I was like, <laughs> I thought. Got it back. She's like, no, you're working on it though. And I was like, oh, she's so cute. Wow. She's like the, my toughest it. critic. But she I, is so but she's mature also for your her biggest age. fan too. She I, is my biggest fan. Like, yeah. yeah, I, I love Michelle. That. I can hear that. Oh yeah. man, that's so fucking great. I love her. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on. Are we ready for them? Yeah. Okay. okay so, so yeah. You're gonna do yours. No, first? you do yours. Okay. First. I always yeah. like to do mine first. I like to finish first. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> fucking selfish. Jeez. What's going on? I'm gonna ask Amanda. I'm gonna ask Amanda. Let me see. So, what was that? What was that spiritual experience? Talk to talk to us about it. For you. So. Uh, and I've thought about this question too because I know you ask it. Yeah. Um. So when I was 11 months sober, um, somebody that was in the house with me passed away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. <sighs> and um, it was hard. And um. By that time, I had already lost the obsession to drink, but the first thing I thought was, I need a fucking drink. And, um, Diva, Diva, Amanda, and, um, and Sin were like, we're going to go to the beach and meditate. You know, it happens. Um, and we went to the beach the next day and we sat there and, um, the four of us meditated. And, um, I don't know, I felt... I was like, it's going to be okay. And um, I got home, and I think I've only shared this with Araceli. I got home, and I took a nap, and um, I dreamt of Taylor. And um, we were in a meeting, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see his face. And uh, he turned around, and I was like, hey. And he's like, hey, everything's going to be okay. He's like, everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And I was like, I know. But I didn't know he had passed in my dream. It was just like we were at a meeting, like any other day. Yeah. 
And I woke up and I was just like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And um, that first one was like difficult. Um, since then, you know, I've had a couple other people pass, but mm-hmm. I think because of that first one and and not drinking yeah. and calling my people and having them be there for me and walk me through it and continuing to walk me through it. Yeah. It lets me know that everything's going to be okay and that, and that I'm going to be okay. You didn't yeah. have to do it alone. Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, beautiful. Fuck. So. Killing me, man. I'm just going through. You're bringing me right back to where I just got out of. Um, Last week, yeah. 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 Why don't you do yours now? So. You, um. You sponsor a lot of women. You have contact with a lot of newcomers. When you and you you are in the front line, especially Wednesday nights on alumni. Um, when you have someone who's under thirty days and struggling, what do you what advice do you give them? So I heard Sean say one time, not to me, but it was to somebody else when I was uh, at Charter Oak still. Um, at the 7 a.m. meeting, and he said, you're new, be new. And and I remember hearing that and thinking, like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always and, like, what the fuck does And that it mean? means, like, you're new, you don't know shit. Sit down and listen. Like, you're new. Uh, you, it's okay if you're new and you don't know which goes first, the 12 steps or the fifth chapter to read or where the serenity prayer goes at the beginning or the end. And, um, and I remember hearing him tell somebody that, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to be new. Yeah. And so now when I go to charter or mm-hmm. when I have new sponsees and they're like, like, I'm ready to get into step work right now. And I'm like, you know what? You're new. Just be where you're at. Be new. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's going to come with time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to come a time when uh, you know how to pray a meeting out and you don't start, you know, a prayer with, you know, dear God, thank you for this. You start with, <laughs> you know, the way the, the, the closing prayer of a meeting is supposed to be. And, um, I think it's important to to let them know that it's okay to to, to not know and yeah. it's okay to be new uh because you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yeah. Yeah. And and but and then once you fucking know shit it sucks. Cuz like <laughs> now that I know things like I'm like oh nobody can get on my nerves anymore. I'm doing it to myself. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that it's knowledge you, right? pisses me off. Cuz then once you know, know you know. Exactly. So stay as new as you can in, until you're no longer new. Yeah. And, and Sometimes ignorance is bliss. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really great. That's really great, and I've seen your, the transformation in you over yeah. the last. But you know what? Like you've always been like an amazing member of of, of this of this uh, group that we uh, that we get to be a part of today, yeah. and I, I've always appreciated you. So, I love our group, you guys. I know, I know, but I love Lorraine specifically. She's she's just <laughs> I like do. she's a one of a kind for sure. Yes. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks Thank for coming. Thank you for sharing your story with and everybody. Yeah, this was not it was fucking not boring. Even boring. You know? You're fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I know. Dude, like you're tripping. Unbelievable. She's always That's boring. Such a good oh, story. Sorry, guys. You I guys know. Get to, we should have started the the, the 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 podcast with please skip this till the next week. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. We are way uh-huh. over our time. Yeah. We have so much oh, more to say, but Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna right. let you guys go. Yeah, all right. Um, we we got guys, any announcements here? If you guys want to reach us, you can reach us at eight one eight eight two three nine five nine five. 
the terminally unique podcast at gmail.com terminally unique, underscore unique you, underscore podcast at gmail that's no, gmail right no, that's, no, that's ig that's, that's the, ig the, uh, instagram who, whatever which, who, yeah and then not the, slashes at, or dashes no, no slashes, slashes no, no dashes because they're stupid mm-hmm. yeah um and then you can go to the facebook page at the terminally unique podcast yes please get a hold of us Hit we us up. we love to hear from you um yes. what else we got we got nothing else no we don't have any we don't have any other announcements nope, nope. all right Stay well tuned without, for the next episode i know anyway I, I, yeah yeah i got a yeah. bunch of people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i got a bunch of people planned so um i love both of you i love you, I love you guys on three, three one, one two, two three, three. Keep bye, bye.